welcome everyone. Today is Friday, July 20th, and today we have a special treat. We've got three guests. We've got uh, uh, Marco Abis. Did I did I get even close, Marco? Very close. All right, good. Uh, Lynn Grogan and Alex Miller. Um, how is everybody doing today? Pretty Excellent. good. Yeah. So we're we're kind of yeah. That's great to hear. We're we're really um, we're really spread out today. Uh, we have. Marco, I, I assume you're in Italy, right? Is that right? You're I'm calling? in London. I'm busy in London. Oh, you are in London. Okay, great. So still, that's pretty far spread for us. Uh, Alex, you're in St. Louis, and uh, Lynn is down at home base in uh, in Durham, North Carolina. So I appreciate everybody uh, syncing up their schedules and, and coming together. Um, so before we go too much farther, um, I do want to ask a question, and I'm going to randomly pick on uh, uh, Marco. Uh, so Marco, you might know that we do something here on the podcast, which is that the... Uh, the guests pick our intro and outro music, so... Yeah, I was hoping for this. Okay, great, yeah. <laughs> what would so you like I to play? Like yeah. East of Spades, Motorhead. All right. <laughs> Good deal. Perfect. That's right, we'll get it going. All right, well, Alex, you'll be on tap later, so... I know you uh, you had an early flight, uh, but I just wanted to give you the heads up there that we'll be asking you at the end of the show. Um, so, so I gotta say that this show, people might be wondering a little bit, you know, why these particular people are our guests today. But this is actually a, a really what I thought was a really cool idea that Lynn had, which is, um, so we have uh, the closure conj coming up in the fall. The dates, Lynn, what what are the dates exactly? It's November fifteenth through the seventeenth. Right, and so uh, relevance puts that on. Lynn has a huge hand in that, um, and we're pretty excited about it. The third one, the first two, I've been, I went to both the first uh, two, and they were great. Uh, looking forward to really, it's really one of the highlights of my years going to it. So I'm looking forward to that one again. But I said, hey, Lynn, you should come on. We should talk. Uh, you'd be a great guest. And she said, well, we're doing closure conj. Wouldn't it be cool to get together um, two of the other organizers of some of the major closure conferences and talk to them too? And I said, yes, let's totally do that. <laughs> so we reached out to Alex and to Marco. Um, Alex do, uh, did uh, closure West. Uh, this past, what was it? Was it March? I traveled so much I can't remember, Alex. I was there. Yes, it was in March. It was in March. And Marco, you did um, Euroclosure in yes. London. That was, uh, I want to say, at the, the end, end, of of, end of May. End of May. Right. So um, uh, so I thought this was a great idea because um, uh, I went to Closure West, had a great time. Like I said, I've been to Closure Conj. Missed Euroclosure, couldn't do the travel, unfortunately. Really wanted to go, but I heard it was really cool. Um, so I thought this would be a fun, a fun thing to talk about. Um, so I appreciate again you guys coming in and uh, and and chatting about this. Um, so I'm just gonna, I got a, a bunch of random questions. Just kind of thought we'd we'd bounce into this. Um, so first of all, Lynn, I mean, since this was your idea, was, was there maybe you can fill everybody in on a little bit more why you thought this would be? I mean, it, to me, it's an obviously cool idea. But what were you thinking when you suggested it? Um, well, A, at first I was intimidated by doing a podcast in general, so I thought it would be fun to rope other people into it. It's because and... I'm such a jerk, right? Like... <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but also, uh, for me, I really wanted to pick um, Alex and Marco's brain about running a conference in general. Um, this is my second experience. I'm not a developer, and I don't go to a lot of conferences. So for me putting this together, it's... Um, guessing what everybody would like and I have I'll probably have a bunch of questions too for those guys so it was an opportunity for me to learn more um, and get other perspectives oh cool all right well we'll definitely make sure that uh, we give you an opportunity to uh, to ask some questions I, I guess I might want to start off with uh, with with one question and this is really for all three of you but whoever wants to jump in 
Ken first, which is, you know, given that you've all been involved now in running a closure focused event, um, what was like, what was like an awesome thing that happened that you, that you didn't expect? I mean, I'll, I mean Alex, maybe you have a, a story for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, give me a second. Sure. Well, Marco, um, maybe we can okay, jump over yeah, Marco. I yeah. To, I have to chip in. So we had, well, one of the speakers got stuck in Prague, right? <laughs> so, and everyone was really looking forward to his, to his session. And when it was clear he couldn't make it, we shuffled, you know, speakers around to, to see whether he could make it the following day because it was a two days conference, but he didn't make it. And uh, Rich, you know, raised his hand and said, I'll do a second talk. <laughs> so that was great. We had uh, Rich Hickey doing two talks. And the second one actually was probably the best talk ever about reducers. So oh, yeah. Yeah, one brain was fueling by the end of it, so that that was great. Yeah, that's not a bad thing when you can say, "I I I need a speaker." Oh, Rich Hickey happens to be here, and he'll talk. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, by the way, we recorded a podcast episode with Rich uh, recently. That should go out real soon. I'm actually working on editing it today, and uh, he had really good things to say about Euroclosure and about some of the talks he saw there. So uh, that was just one of the people I heard say very complimentary things about the event. So kudos there. Um, so, uh, Alex, should I bounce back to you? Did, did something come to mind for you on that on that front? I, I mean, I had something similar happen with. Uh, we had one session that that uh, ended up falling through at the last, literally midnight the night before the conference. And um, I, Colin Jones and uh, Aaron Bedra stepped up and did a closure koans heck fest that worked really well. Cool. Um, so that was pretty neat. I think one of the things that I was, uh, one of the sessions that I wasn't sure exactly what would happen, but I think worked out really well was um, Phil Hagelberg's uh, swarm coding session, which is something they do at the Seizure um, Seattle Closure Group, um, I think every month or at least regularly. Um, so he had an hour and a half block and uh, just got people together to do, you know, swarm coding on something. And uh, it when I first went in there, I wasn't sure if everybody was really understanding what was, you know, what they were in for. And then I was, you know, sort of rotating around working on other issues and doing things. And, uh, I came back after, you know, 45 minutes or so, and everybody was all grouped up together in little groups and working hard on stuff. And then I came in at the end of the, at the end of the session and nobody wanted to leave. Everybody was in there. <laughs> they were like really in the zone and I had to kick some people out. I felt bad, uh, for the sessions after that. Um, so I, I would love to do something, some more sort of, um, hands-on type stuff in the future. Yeah, I actually, I actually attended the first part of that session. I, I ducked out to go to something else, but I, I really wanted to kind of understand what swarm coding was and, and it was just neat. It was like Phil basically got up and said, look, we're going to solve a problem. We're going to do it together. Here are the technologies we're going to use. And, and like you said, there was maybe a few minutes at the beginning where people were like, I don't know, but then people really seem to get into it, so that that was that was pretty cool. So uh, both both of those, so you guys both mentioned, you know, like uh, speakers dropping out. Um, so collectively, for all of you, is that like a big part of you know, kind of running the conference is being on your toes and and just being prepared for crazy stuff to happen, or is that run of the mill for I don't know how does that how does that impact you guys? It's happened at every conference I've ever run, so. I am usually have a catalog in my head of backup plans for things like that. And uh, so I like the I had uh, Colin come in with the closure koan stuff. And that was he was that was one of the things he had submitted in the call for presentations. And I had not accepted it. 
um, for whatever reason. And so I knew he was there though anyways. And, uh, so, you know, I sent him a, uh, I don't know if I called him or sent him an email at midnight the night before or whatever and <laughs> said, Hey, you think you could do this? But, uh, it's definitely good to have, have those sort of, uh, uh, what happens if sort of, uh, plans ready to swap in at the, at a moment's notice. Yeah. Uh, so, so Marco, um, obviously this was the first, um, the first Euro closure. Um, yes. Was this the first time that you had organized an event or an event of this size? Or uh, It was the first time I organized an event of this size in London. So I, I've been organizing a few other events, smaller one in London and bigger one in Italy, in particular the Italian Agile Day. Uh, that's a free conference that last year had 600 people. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, it was the first one in London. It was a paid-for conference. It was the first one about closure. It was supposed to be about people from all over Europe, not just London, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was a bit like, mm, let's see how it goes. So would you do it again? Oh, absolutely. Uh, actually, the plan is to change city and country in Europe every year to make oh. it easier for people from all over Europe to come. London is particularly expensive. We did it here because I'm based here. And for the first one, I wanted you know, to rely on my network, uh, logistically and you know, for help. But now that we are established, you know, Really looking forward to change counter next year. That is awesome. I uh, I really hope to be able to twen- uh, to attend um, the next one, especially if it's someplace you know, the Mediterranean. That would be kind of <laughs> nice. But but anyway, really would be great. Um, so uh, so Lynn, you, you said that you wanted to kind of pick these guys' brains. Maybe I'll I'll throw it to you and see what it is they can tell you to kind of level you up and help make the next conj even better. Yeah, sure. Um... Well, actually, just jumping off of what Marco said is something we had really, really wanted to do this year is to hold the conge in another city um, in New York. And that just we we just couldn't get it together in time. So um, I was guess I was just hoping for both of you. I know you've both held conferences in other cities that you don't live in um, to talk a little bit about that experience um, of doing it off site and what complications come into play. Well, from my perspective, uh, the one, uh, so Closure West was in San Jose this year, and, and uh, I live in St. Louis. And so it's, that's actually the first conference I've done that was not where I live. Uh, I do run the Strange Loop Conference, but it's in St. Louis, so it's home base for me. Uh, and that's one of the main reasons it's in St. Louis. Um, but I really, uh, it was less complicated for me than I expected. Um, so I was kind of prepared for that to be hard, but I actually only went out um, once before the actual conference, um, just to uh, line up a couple things, uh, and probably could have skipped that if I had dared. <laughs> um, but uh, so I really didn't uh, have to be on site much at all. And I'd say one reason is that the hotel was uh, phenomenal. Um, of all the people I've worked with, they were they were definitely one of the one of the top crews that I worked with. So um, they were really responsive and really good on digital email and things like that. So, uh, which makes it really convenient. Um, I, I find it is really helpful to have somebody that's, uh, your man on the ground. So, uh, Tony Bacelli helped me out from the very beginning. And, uh, there were a couple times where he was able to go over to the hotel and take some camera, take some pictures and video and help me get an idea for the space when I couldn't get out there. And he also was useful to, uh, I had a bunch of stuff shipped to his house <laughs> just, to, uh, just, and that's sometimes works a little better than shipping to the hotel because they will sometimes charge you or do things like that. But, uh, 
I, I didn't really actually find it to be uh, much different than I do here locally. Cool. Uh, Marco, did you have anything to tell Lynn on that front? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Euro closure was in London, so that was all good. Uh, the Italian Agile Day uh, for the last eight years uh, have, have been changing city in Italy, right? And I'm from Milan originally, so the first couple of editions were in Milan. And then we decided to move across Italy to make it easier for people from the south, for example, to attend. And the key to me was to engage with local user groups, right? So they found the places they would uh, do you know, visit them and they would sort out most of the things. So actually I'm very good at delegating and then take all the credit for it. But yes, the man on the ground, it's in my case, my experience, the key. I should, I should have mentioned that too, that um, the Bay Area Closure Group um, was very helpful to me and um, uh, Sean Corfield and uh, Amit Rathor were both um, very helpful early on in helping to figure out what possible venues there were. And I went out there and spoke at, when at the one time I had to go out, I went and spoke at the, uh, at the, user group and got to meet a few more people and uh, they, I would say they were also uh, very helpful in uh, a lot of early planning stuff. So, Cool. Sounds like we ought to uh, really make sure that we, uh, we, we have, uh, we have you know, at least one person up in, in New York, but yeah. the, the user group idea, that's a good one. We could reach yeah, out to those guys. Yeah, that is a good guys. idea. All right. Uh, Lynn, what else do you want these guys to help you out with? Um, since I am in the planning stages for this year's Kaj, is there anything that you guys would like to see um, that you haven't seen in the last couple of years or that you experience at your own conference that you think would be helpful to know or to put into you play at this year's Closure Conj? Mm. I've, I've enjoyed, I mean, I, I didn't go to, I did, wasn't able to make it to the conj last year because I went to uh, DevOps in Belgium, um, which I've wanted to go to for a long time. Um, but I went to the first conj and, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't have like anything really big that comes to mind. Uh, I have a question. Are you planning on doing single track again or multiple tracks? Uh, it's single track. Okay. Because we, we did a single track as well in Euro Closure uh, because everyone wanted, we came back actually from con, the con just said, single track is great. So we did single track. But I kind of like multiple tracks. And I know your West was multiple tracks. So how did it work out, Alex? I thought it was great. So like I had in mind that, um, that so I think single track conferences are excellent ways to build community because you're all together and you're sort of having this shared experience. And so I thought it was perfect for the first closure conj and and it's really a the choice of the organizer and I so I don't I don't really have any uh, you know I I, don't, I would I wouldn't say don't do that you know so um, I but I thought for closure west maybe it would be interesting to have uh, the the closure has spread out into enough different areas now that like there's people who do closure web programming and people do closure on Hadoop and maybe those people don't care about each other's topics. Um, so I was really trying to focus on um, a few different areas and get different rooms that um, so we could have sort of a variety of topics. I would say that in general, the feedback I got was that, um, that people were torn quite frequently about which track to go to. Yes. <laughs> next year, I'm actually, I've started sort of the initial planning for next year and I'd say tentatively, I'm thinking of doing two tracks next year. So maybe reducing that a little bit, but still allowing some level of, uh, of choice there. So th this actually gets to something else I wanted to ask you guys, because 
Um, having been to both Closure Conj and Closure West, um, and hopefully getting to attend Euroclosure um, next year, uh, I, the conferences were different, um, but they were both great. And I think um, one of the things that was pretty cool was exactly that, right? Like the, the variation between... Um, you know, having single track and multi-track, because it just has a different feel. Uh, the multi-track, to me, almost almost had sort of a more um, practical feel. I mean, that's a very fuzzy statement because there were lots of great talks in the, the practical category and in the maybe more theoretical category at both conferences. But it seemed like there was a bit more of the of the practitioner stuff going on at at, uh, at Closure West. But re- but regardless, um, kind of. The thing I wanted to ask you guys was: It seems like every conference has a different focus, and and I wonder if that was on purpose or like what you what you hoped it would be. So so maybe I'll maybe Marco, I can start with you. Like how how did you want Euroclosure to kind of be its own thing? I mean, clearly you don't. I don't think you wanted to clone. You know. No. Right. So, how, what did you want to kind of achieve in terms of differences from the other uh, closure conferences that happened? Right. Okay. Well, the, the overarching goal of your closure was to, you know, aggregate people and create community. Right. So that was the, the main point. Uh, actually, it was it wasn't not for profit, but we spent all the profit. As soon as we would reach a break-even point, we would add something. Mm. Right. So that was about community. Uh, the main thing we did to to try and be different was to. Uh, in the perfection game, so I don't know if you had the chance to check the website, but I actually uh, submitted a talk uh, to you five. guys, so I'm okay. familiar. Yeah, so we, we got 60 uh, proposals, and the perfection game, for those who don't know, it's you know a process whereby everyone gives feedback and tries to help the person who is proposing a, a, a session to improve the session, right? And then you no, know, we got all sorts of uh, feedbacks, and then when we sat down to decide which one to select. One of the criteria, it wasn't the most important one, but one of them was, is this new? Has it already been presented to either the conj or it's already in the program for the Closure West? If it was, it would actually score lower, right? Because we wanted to try and have more new speakers, speakers from Europe, to, to show that there is a community in Europe as well. It's not just a lot, a lot of American people presenting the same topic in Europe, right? So that was one of the criteria, trying to have local uh, as, long as, as far as Europe is, can be local, local, <laughs> right. local, local speakers, right? Try to, to grow and help the community grow on that side as well. Actually, I know, for example, the London uh, Closure User Group is going and it's really bugging everyone who submits a session to try and get them to speak at uh, their meetups. So that was probably the biggest thing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I should say, I mean, I, I did submit a talk, but I submitted the talk that I did at Closure West uh, just because I knew I wasn't going to have time to to write a new one, and and um, after looking at the lineup, I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder you guys didn't pick mine, like, cause that was it looked like a really awesome lineup, and that's really cool, the idea of of you know branching out. I mean, one of the things, so I love working at Relevance. There's a ton of awesome people there, but one of the things that I've learned over my career is that I've been lucky. I've landed at places that have like a high concentration of awesome people a few times, and um, <laughs> one of the things I've learned is that there can be a tendency, I think Relevance is actually really good about not doing this, but there can be a tendency to think, oh, this is the only place that has awesome people. But then you get out of the world and you're like, whoa, awesome people are everywhere. So like that idea of let's give some people who um, haven't previously had a venue and you know other um, 
other venues themselves, as you say, Europe, a chance to shine. I think that's really cool. So, um, so Lynn, in, in terms, of, I asked the same question about the about the conj. I mean, what do are we do we have like a a sense in which, or, or are we pursuing some goal where it's like we want the conj to be have its own vision in the following sense? Is that is that something that we're chasing? That's a good question. Um, it's also a hard one for me to answer um, because Stu and Rich are the main people selecting speakers. Um, so it's hard to say at this point what direction they're going in. Um, since we're doing it in the same venue this year, we're trying to keep things exciting and trying to um, do the same as what Marco's doing is, you know, um, establish and keep building community and making sure that people have a lot of opportunities to hack and just to talk to each other. So, um, I guess in terms of overall, um, vision for speakers, that's to be determined. I'm excited to, um, know what Rich and Stu will end up doing in that direction. Um, I'm excited from the community aspects. I'm doing a couple different things this year. Um, and hopefully those will work out well. So, so uh, let's let me ask the same question about last year's conch. Then was there? I know you were involved in that too, pretty mm -hmm. heavily. Was there was there a sense there when you were planning that it's like we want the conference to have this quality or or character? Uh, it was definitely the community aspect, um, making sure um, that people had that space um, and could feel like they could walk up to anybody. Um, and have a conversation about what they were working on, what they were excited about. Um, I didn't know what the closure community was like before the conference because my only experience had been talking to relevancers. And I'm not a developer, so I'd never experienced that at any company. So it was actually really cool to see that group of people or to see the closures come together. Um, and it felt like summer camp. And it was <laughs> the first... Uh, I think I, I was so jealous that I wasn't a developer and that I couldn't fully experience that feeling that everybody else had of coming together. Hmm. I want to come back to that in a minute, but I, I want to um, I want to give Alex a chance to answer the question as well, a especially Alex, because you had done ha and are continuing to do the strange loop, which has closure content. Mm -hmm. So at some point you said to yourself, well, I'm going to do a closure fo focused conference rather than simply, you know, turn the knob more in the closure direction to the strange loop or whatever. What was, I mean, what was your thinking? Like, was there, a, was there some reason that you wanted to have a closure conference and how it would be different from the other ones that already were in the works? Absolutely. So, I mean, for me, one reason to do the closure conference is that I'm not just a conference organizer. I'm also a, a, a full-time closure developer. So um, I have a special connection to the community and I am uh, particularly well aware of like what's, I mean, I, watch a lot of different communities, but I'm especially aware of what's going on in the closure community. So um, that was one reason that that came about. But um, the way that I did the call for presentations and really, really reflected what I wanted to get out of the conference, and I thought about it, and it was very intentional, um, is that uh, the, the three aspects of the, of, the, of the CFP were really about core closure. And I was really, with that, trying to get to talks that were about core features of closure or thinking in closure or designing with closure or things that were useful, um, not necessarily to the guy that's been on closure IRC for the last four years, but to the person that just picked it up, you know, three months or six months ago, uh, and really is looking for that sort of core level knowledge, um, that may not be written down as much, uh, in older languages. Um, 
and trying to shoot. And, and I think you're talking, uh, Craig was, you know, in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really trying to, in that sense, in some ways I was trying to, um, undershoot what I think a lot of the conch talks uh, are, which tend to be uh, more on the advanced side. Uh, and that's a overgeneralization, but, um, I really wanted more basic content. So content that someone who's been using closure for two years probably wouldn't need to go to, uh, unless they wanted to sort of fill in the gaps. So that was one aspect. I also, another second aspect was that I wanted to go out and find people who were doing closure and production systems and hear about what they were doing with it. Uh, and I was blown away with the response in that regard, actually. So I mean, there are just so many like startups and big companies and small companies that people that submitted talks in that regard. Uh, and I'm really happy that, uh, we were able to have all those talks and, and, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm especially happy <laughs> that, um, uh, InfoQ agreed to record all of them and has been sort of releasing the talks out on QCon because it's as a uh, as a closure developer, <laughs> I love to see that this regular influx of um, closure content showing up on that sort of well-tracked news site, mm-hmm. um, especially ones that are these you know success stories about different you know companies that are using closure and finding it to be really a high leverage tool. Uh, and then the third part was like crazy closure. It was just like anything goes, any, any you know, any uh, interesting, anything else, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was really happy with the way the mix came out. Um, I, I thought the, uh, you know, I, the call was great. And uh, there are a few topics that I wish had been a little more represented. Um, but I was really happy with it. And we'll probably do something similar next year. I'm curious. I want to follow up on that. So what, what topics would you... You know, so maybe people can start thinking about submitting. What topics did you want to see more of? Oh, man, I don't have a list on top of my head. I remember thinking at the time, though, man, I really wish that there was some more stuff on something. I don't remember what it was. Okay. <laughs> well, if it comes to your head, throw it my way, and I'll put it in the show notes or whatever. Yeah. Or if you blog about it, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. One thing I did last year was that I actually put up a page on the website with ideas for talks. So... And I had a bunch of ideas that I listed out there, and a couple of people actually picked them and then submitted them as talks, which was great, and did talks. Uh, and then a couple of play, and I actually had, I don't know if I, I had some way for people to send me ideas for that. And in some cases, I put ideas up that people had just sent me, like, I'd love to see a talk on, you know, protocols or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was, I don't, I don't know how to make that a little bit more uh, accessible next year, but um, I, I like the idea of people sort of requesting topics as much as submitting talks like JS comp does that very explicitly. Um, and, uh, it's an interesting idea. I think the, the people's closure conference, maybe <laughs> exactly. So, um, so Alex, I know you're a, a full-time, uh, closure dev, uh, Marco, are you, a, are you a closure dev or just interested or? Right. So, uh, yes and no, <laughs> meaning that, uh, I got into closure because I was developing a web app. And I hadn't been developing for a long time when I got back to it. So I said, okay, you know what? I need to restudy anyway. So why don't I study something new? And lots and lots of people I deeply respect were in love with Clojure. So that's why I started looking into it. But since then, actually, uh, I sold what I was doing. And so at the moment, I'm not developing. I'm doing something else. Yeah, actually, I took a look at your uh, your Twitter stream and your blog and... Uh... Yeah. I saw you, you had sold that uh, or, or are in the middle of selling that effort, but, but you're not doing it anymore. One of the things that caught my eye 
um, was you mentioned, and I just scanned your, your blog, so I didn't dive into this, but you said that you had taken a month off in December to figure out what you were going to do next. Yes. And that it nearly killed you. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? <laughs> it means uh, that I'm not used to you know being idle a month. Mm-hmm. Th- that's it, right? Yeah, so uh, you were just bouncing off the walls. Yes, exactly, for the joy of my wife. <laughs> yeah, I think I, every once in a while I talk about retiring and my wife's like, you would drive me nuts. So I could probably understand you there. Um, so, so Lynn, you know, you're, you're not a developer, as you said. What, what, what is your, I mean, other than this, you know, fairly large task of organizing the, uh, the closure con, you know, you've got a bunch of other responsibilities too. What do you, what do you do at Relevance? Oh, um, I do office management, um, other event planning type stuff um, that comes up, um, some marketing, pretty much pretty much whatever kind of interests me. I think that's the cool thing about relevance is anything that I've shown an interest in, I've been able to dabble in. So, so hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, I noticed you uh, at one point, uh, some t- I don't remember when it was, one of the times I was down there, you had... Um, you were working through an HTML book, doing some some yes. website programming. Is that so? So now I think people know if they've been listening to the podcast that we have 20% time, and that makes a lot of sense. I think to developers to know, oh, if I had Friday free, I would go and work on an open source project or whatever. What what do what do you do on Fridays? Um, lately, I've been working on getting an event management certificate from George Washington University. Oh, okay. um, so that's taken up a bit of time. Um, yes, I was learning more about web development for a while. Um, and that um, I put on the shelf for a bit, but I think I'll be picking up a little bit soon. And um, just whatever comes my way. Uh, so no, no big projects right now other than the certificate. Yeah, and organizing a conference for you know hundreds <laughs> yeah. of people. That's cool. fun though. All right, you you enjoy it. Yes, I See, do. I'm, I'm that's a good question for everybody. Did I mean so for example, Alex? Did you do you like putting on conference? Or like, do you find the process of of actually assembling it beforehand fun? I, I love certain parts of it. <laughs> Other parts I like less. So what are the what's one part that you really like and one part that you really don't? So I love the the sort of idea of um, figuring out how uh, a place and speakers and schedule and all that stuff come together to make a thing. So I love the schedule planning and the you know all that sort of stuff and, and figuring out the right speakers and sort of putting it, assembling all that sort of uh, idea of the conference. Um, I, I love doing all that. Um, I, I am less <laughs> less excited about different sort of logistical aspects of just things that need to be done. Um, although I can, my, my uh, uh, that, that kind of goes in and out. <laughs> so, and sometimes it just becomes tedious to just take care of a lot of details and, you know, walk through spreadsheets and things like that. But, sure. uh, but that in, in general, I would say I enjoy it far, far more than I, when I don't enjoy it. So, well, that's awesome because that means you're going to keep doing it, which is great for me since I get the benefit of attending. Uh, so, Marco, I mean, same question for you. What what sorts of things just drove you nuts, or what do you really enjoy about the process? I'm with Alex, so you know it depends. I love putting people together, and I love doing it on topics I'm passionate about, so that hopefully I will learn. Although I should know by now that when I organize a conference, I will ne- I never learn during the conference because I'm too busy, you know. <laughs> 
putting out fires. But then there are videos afterwards, so that's good. Uh, I don't necessarily love looking through spreadsheets or trying to fix, you know, the logistical issues. I can tell you a funny story if you want about your closure. Oh, please. Uh, well, funny depends who you ask. <laughs> to. So uh, usually, you know, I, I expect Alex do this and Lynn do this as well. Uh, you look for a venue and then look for availability and then set on a date, right? Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. In our case, I wanted to keep the cost down because you know, London is already expensive. I wanted people from all over Europe to come, so as low as possible. That meant uh, organizing it the 24th and 25th of May because Stu and Rich were already in Europe for go to Copenhagen, I think. Yeah, right? that's right. So they were finishing on the 23rd and I said, you know, guys, since you're already in Europe, <laughs> why don't you come over directly to London? It's only a one-hour flight. It's going to cost less, right? So I couldn't change the dates. I had the dates. 24th and 25th, and I needed to find a venue. And as it turns out, end of May, beginning of June in London, not a good period. There are a lot of uh, university exams, and uh, this year there are the Olympics, so everything was booked. And I think there was a point where I didn't have a venue. Mm. No, I already had this uh, sponsor, <laughs> like Forward, the first sponsor, and I still didn't have a venue. So that I didn't enjoy, not so much. Uh, but everything else was great. Yeah, putting people together and also pushing some people who are not sure about whether they are good enough to speak, you know, helping them a little bit, saying, don't worry, uh, we, we are going to support you. Just come and, and do it. It's going to be an experience for you and for us. So that's what I enjoy. Hmm. Well, that sounds, the not necessarily having a venue sounds terrifying. I wonder <laughs> if, if Lynn or Alex, you guys have any other kind of equivalent moments of Oh crap! Um, I don't. There's this is a potential showstopper from any of the events you've planned. Um, oh I'm yeah. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Yeah. Oh, I just I, I don't know. There, there's been uh, every year. There's something that comes up that's you know some issue with speakers or travel or AV or whatever. The the very first year of Strange Loop in 2009, we actually had the conference in a movie theater at like a 1920s era movie theater that I really like, uh, which was fantastic. Some great seats, you know, good sight lines, all that stuff is excellent. Um, but it makes it really challenging to do AV when the projector is up in the uh, projection booth and your speaker's on the stage. <laughs> it requires a very long video connection, which is uh, challenging to do. And uh, we had a lot of problems with uh, laptops being able to hook up to this particular AV setup that we had. And I actually had one speaker who ended up doing his talk from the projection booth, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, and I never heard from that guy again. I felt really bad about it. But Is this uh, the disembodied voice floating. Yeah. Down? Okay. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a, he was a, he was a real trooper for sort of putting up with my nonsense and doing the talk anyways. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Lynn, you, you were kind of, you kind of like uh, did the of course aha laugh. Yeah, um, last year I forgot to get enough help during the conference because I just thought it'd be fine. Um, and you know, of course, the AV or we had AV issues. The internet went down. Craig, I don't think we recorded any of the sound from your talk. Um, oh yeah. And, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. that came out fine actually. No, the video for that um, is audible. But there was that. Yeah, I remember that very clearly yeah. at the point in the middle of my talk where my mic was cutting out and I couldn't tell because, you know, uh, you're standing up there and it's like, is my mic cutting out? But the good news is, at least for the people there, is that um, I can be pretty loud. So that was that was no problem. 
So, I mean, this morning I was meeting with um, our the IT company that we consult with for relevance just to see if they could, I don't know, have a little powwow with the hotel guys to make the internet better. Um, that's not really something that I'm good at figuring out or even asking the right questions. So I'm hoping to make it better this year. I don't know if you guys have any um, suggestions on getting quality internet at a conference. I've heard it's pretty crap everywhere. So um, I, I don't know. I guess I can just cross my fingers and hope for the best. I'd say in general, like venues are getting better. And conference attendees might not believe that. But in general, I find that they're every year they seem to be better prepared for people with lots of devices. And we always tell people, um, like you should expect that every attendee probably has like three devices on them, mm -hmm. <laughs> which might actually try to connect to the internet. Um, so you have to make sure that you ask, uh, the questions are, you know, around, uh, you know, just raw bandwidth. And then also, do you have enough, do you have it set up to have enough like DHCP leases and all that stuff? And also, do you have enough Wi-Fi access points? Like any of those, you know, if it doesn't, if you don't have enough stuff set up, then, you know, the whole chain is broken. So, and I've had all three of those break mm -hmm. in one way or another. Um, and usually I just uh, uh, do what I can beforehand, but I, uh, there's often not a lot that I can do during the event other than just asking, you know, the IT staff that are involved with it to, you know, telling them what's happening and, you know, and, and some, and the response there depends on, you know, the quality of those people, which varies a lot. So, yeah, definitely last year on Saturday, they sent in the B squad and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was difficult. It's difficult. I think once you, I don't know if you've experienced that when you stretch into the weekend, you suddenly get an entirely different staff of people helping out. So. Yeah, strangely, last year, they, the the uh, hotel bought, the company that owned the hotel bought a new hotel and took it over the weekend of Strangeloop. <laughs> and so they took all of the AV people and they were all at the other hotel, except for one guy um, who was running around trying to set up all the AV for all seven Strangeloop tracks last year, uh, the morning of. And uh, so well, while everybody else was in the keynote, <laughs> I was helping wire up all the other rooms and all, you know, oh, wow. it goes down to the very, I mean, we were down to minutes before people walked in, uh, but that's how it goes. Yeah. So Alex and Marco, will, will we see you guys at Closure Conj in November? Yes, I've booked a ticket. I hope to. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to, especially to meeting you in person, Marco. Yes. Um, is there anything that you guys, and this goes for you too, Lynn, that you are particularly looking forward to for, for Closure Conj 2012? I just, it's all about the people. So yeah, we're meeting everybody yes. from the community. Cool. Yeah. It kind of feels like a, a bit of a, I mean, I, I think we say this every year, but it feels like a bit of a corner year. And to me, since I didn't get to go to Euro closure, um, it was almost closure West. I think that that felt like a sort of turning moment. Like you said, Alex, to, to just start to see like a big jump in here's what I'm doing with closure in a real product that's actually out in the world. So Maybe we'll see. I don't know if it'll happen in the presentations or, or if it'll be the hallway conference or what. But I think maybe we'll we'll see some more of that, and that's that's pretty exciting. Um, so I I I, uh, I just before we wrap up here, I want to um, uh, give people a chance to like we always do um, to just sort of 
shout out anything that you want to that you want to talk about. I mean, uh, for example, Alex, if there's any anything you're working on or or dates that people should be aware of or ways they can help you out or anything at all, you want to kind of have the microphone for a second if you want to call out. Uh, well, I don't I don't really have anything to say about Strange Loop. It's already sold out, so I I I. Uh... I'm sorry about that. And <laughs> I'm fielding emails all day long of people trying to find a ticket. So, um, so I don't really need to promote that anymore, but, uh, I'm sure that'll be good. And, uh, I have started early planning for closure West and I'm, um, looking primarily at Portland, um, probably mm. in the May, June timeframe, but it could, could be earlier than that too. Depends on that. That's a, that's a good time to be in Portland. So, uh, but depends on availability and, things like that. So I think that's it. Cool. Uh, Marco, how about you? Anything you want to let people know? Well, uh, unless you speak it, probably not. <laughs> I'm organizing the, the eighth edition of the Italian Agile Day for November. And it's going to be in Milan. Uh, we might have an English track, so I'll let you know. Check the website, agileday.it. And apart from that, still don't know when and where Euroclosure 2013 will be, but uh, make sure it doesn't overlap with you know, Closure West or anything, <laughs> el anything else. That right. is relevant. Well, we got you three together now, so you can hash it out. <laughs> yeah. um, what about you, Lynn? Anything you want to tell people? Nope, just buy tickets to the cons, and um, we'll be doing training again. Um, we're doing a training, closure training, in the Bay Area um, the week of Labor Day. So I think off the top of my head, that's September 4th through the 7th. Um, and then we'll also be doing training again before Closure Conj, so November 12th through the 14th, um, and that training does include a ticket to the Conj, so I guess just those things. Is the, is the Datomic training still attached to the, uh, the Closure training? Um, in the Bay Area, yes. They're, I'm not sure if that's already filled at this point. I'd have to check back. Um, if somebody desperately wanted to go and it says it's filled, they should just email us. Um, and I know that we'll be doing something for Datomic at the Conj. It may not be attached to the training. It may just be a general session so that people can attend. Um, I, I think Justin says something that involved beer and pizza. So <laughs> I think it'll cool. be more casual. Yeah, well, not to tease people, but I have been using Datomic for production in two different projects, and it is awesome. It is awesome to the point that when we were figuring out what database to use on a recent project, um, we considered like a traditional relational database and then thought about what that would mean in terms of the developer experience and said, mm, nah, this is going to be way easier with Datomic. So people, people should totally check it out. And I know I said this before, but I don't, I'm not, this is not an ad. This is me really being like, this stuff is awesome. So um, anyway, I'll stop there that with that. Um, so we do have one more question and uh, it's Alex's turn to answer this one, which is uh, we're going to play some music on the way out here. Alex, what would you like to hear? Oh, one of my favorite songs is This Must Be the Place by the Talking Heads. All right, great. Some, some classic. All right, fantastic. Well, I, I got to thank everybody. It's been really great having you on. When Lynn had this idea, I, I knew it would be a fun conversation, but um, that was totally borne out. You guys have all been really great guests, and it was it was really cool for me to hear about kind of the behind the scenes because, you know, I've been to a bunch of conferences, never run one, and clearly you guys are doing a ton of work and a lot of juggling in the background. So we, uh, all of us attendees super appreciate that because, um, like I said, all three events have been very well received. And I'm looking forward to attending every single one of them. I'm actually I'm going to Strange Loop, Alex, in, in September. I'm, I haven't been to that one before. So um, anyway, thanks again, everybody, for coming on. It's been really fun. Appreciate having you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks. Great. And we will catch everybody next time on Think Relevance, the podcast.